Welcome to the table. You are listening to the Kingstown Communion podcast with lead pastor Michelle Matthews. The Kingstown Communion is a new United Methodist Church existing to gather people into communion with Jesus Christ through courageous conversation, creative community, and collaborating for the common good. For more information about upcoming events and opportunities to serve, visit our Facebook page, facebook.com forward slash Kingstown Communion. We're glad that you're listening along with us. If you live close by, we hope you'll join us for worship in person. And if you ever feel so inclined to help us by giving financially, you can do so on our website, kingstowncommunion.net. Okay, today's scripture reading comes from Ruth chapter 3, 1 through 5, and chapter 4, 13 through 17. Naomi, her mother-in-law, said to her, My daughter, I need you to seek some security. I need to seek some security for you so that it may be well with you. Now here is our kingsman Boaz, with whose young women you have been working. See, he is winnowing barley tonight at the threshing floor. Now wash and anoint yourself and put on your best clothes and go down to the threshing floor. But do not make yourself known to the man until he has finished eating and drinking. When he lies down, observe the place where he lies. Then go and uncover his feet and lie down, and he will tell you what to do. She said to her, All that you say I will do. So Boaz took Ruth, and she became his wife. When they came together, the Lord made her conceive, and she bore a son. Then the women said to Naomi, Blessed be the Lord, who has not left you this day without next of kin, and may his name be renowned in Israel. He shall be to you the restorer of life and the nourisher of your old age. For your daughter-in-law, who loves you, who is more to you than seven sons, has borne him. Then Naomi took the child and laid him in her bosom and became his nurse. The woman of the neighborhood gave him a name, saying, A son has been born to Naomi. They named him Obed, and he became the father of Jesse, the father of David. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Thank you. Uh, A few weeks ago... I went for a run on some nearby trails. It's a trail with lots of twists and turns and loops, and for that reason, I've really become to like this trail because depending on how good I feel, I can run for more or less time. Now on this day, though, I had only been to the trail once before, and that time I was following a friend of mine. And I was following him, one, because he had been there before and knows the trail, and and two, because he is much faster than me and has much more endurance than me. And so it's probably better to say that I was lagging behind trying to follow him on this trail. But on this day, I took our little 15 pound dog and we went run for a run on the trails. Now I thought I was going the same route as my friend 
just a couple weeks before, and it was a good run. I felt really good about it. I was in that runner zone where I felt like I could just keep running forever and ever. And so I reached the point where we had turned around the, when I was with him about halfway, and I continued to run. And then I continued to run. And then I continued to run some more. Now it wasn't because I wanted to run, but because I had no idea where I was. <laughs> that runner's high was gone very quickly, and I soon became very exhausted. It turns out with all those twists and turns and loops, I had turned myself around. And so in those infamous words of Forrest Gump, I just kept running. <laughs> and just as I was about to stop and sit on the path and light some road flares and just wait for the helicopters to come and find me, I saw a way out. I kept running and eventually I was back on a sidewalk. It wasn't where I started, but I knew where I was anyway. And so I recounted to my wife later that day that even though I uh, had started on this trail, I had no idea where I was. I did get out. I came out where I least expected, but I came out. And you know, I, I think that this is a wonderful way to think about the story of Ruth and Naomi. These two women in the midst of hurt and pain and tragedy are traveling through life. They're lost and they're wounded and they're broken because of the grief that surrounds them. The journey of life became hard for them and they seem to find all the twists and all the turns and all of the loops. And just when it seemed unbearable, just when it seems like it's time to sit on the path and give up, those twists began to straighten themselves out. The turns become less numerous and the loops become smaller. They find their way out. Perhaps it was where they least expected, but they make it out. Our litter just read for us only the end of Ruth's story. We've only heard the turning point, the good, but there is a whole lot more to this story to really appreciate the friendship between Naomi and Ruth. You see, the story begin, begins with a family of four, two parents and two sons traveling out of Bethlehem to the land of Moab. They're seeking to find food and security in the midst of a famine. The family moves from the place literally meaning house of bread, Bethlehem, to Moab, a land long considered an enemy to the people of Israel. And yet, after some time there, Naomi is the only one left. The land of Moab became not safety and security, but the land of death, first for her husband and then her two sons. Ten years from the time that Naomi enters Moab go by when her two boys, for reasons we don't know, die. Though the Hebrew reader would have guessed this because her son, children's name literally means illness and perish. But these two men lived long enough to have married a, a, some Moabite women, Ruth and Orpah. So now three women in a very unfairly male-dominated world are left widowed. 
and one has just lost both of her sons. Left with nothing in a foreign land, the grief-stricken Naomi decides that she will head back to Bethlehem, the only place that she can imagine for her wounded and hurting soul. Naomi begs her daughters-in-law to return to their families and find new husbands, and so she blesses them on their way. Orpah decides to stay in Moab. Ruth, the author writes, clings to Naomi. And so mother and daughter-in-law, bonded by a deceased child and husband, make their journey across the desert mountains to return to Bethlehem. Now, having lost her son and her husband, Naomi understandably is hurting. And as she enters her hometown, the people begin to recognize her, but Naomi She's different this time. She redefines herself. She says, call me no longer Naomi, which means sweet or pleasant, but call me Mara, meaning bitter. For the Almighty has dealt bitterly with me. I went away full, but the Lord has brought me back empty. Pain and sorrow and anguish. I suppose none of these words are really strong enough to label what Naomi was actually feeling. None of these words are enough for Naomi to tell the people how she feels, so she creates a new name for herself. When you talk to her, she is no longer Naomi. but She is Mara. She is bitter. Perhaps you've been there. Or maybe you're currently there. Maybe, like Naomi, it's because of a death, or maybe it was a loss of a job, or a broken relationship, or simply the political climate of our day, or some other life circumstance that has led you to a place so foreign. It was like you were a different person. You had a new name. Perhaps on this journey that we call life, there were so many twists in so many turns, in so many loops that you felt so lost in it all, you just wanted to sit and give up. Life, friends, can bring hardships. Life can bring pain and grief. Life's twists and turns and loops can leave us so discombobulated, so shaken, so undone that we just don't know where to turn. And so it's in these moments that we may feel as if God has left the building, that God is angry or that God is punishing us as we seek to find meaning in the pain we place blame, as Naomi did, on God. Life can be hard, and having been turned around in this maze of this journey, it, we can become bitter and angry and perhaps even venture on the path of lost faith. Now, perhaps it was because she was dealing with loss and grief as well, or perhaps she just didn't want to be alone, but Ruth decides to cling to Naomi and follows her on the journey of life, even in the midst of all those twists and turns and loops. And they arrive, as they arrive in Bethlehem, Ruth realizes that they need to eat to survive. And so Ruth says to Naomi, let me go to the field and glean among the ears of grain. 
in these, in these days, it was custom as it was written in the Hebrew laws that they would leave the outer edges of the fields unharvested so that anybody who needed something could come by and glean if they were in need themselves. So Ruth goes out and begins to glean the field of a man named Boaz. Boaz sees her and asks his field workers who this woman is. And word had already spread, of course, in this small town that this was the Moabite who came back with Naomi. Boaz takes it upon himself to watch over Ruth, care for her, and he allows for her to pick and glean from the field, and he even allows for her to eat and drink with the field workers as well. Ruth returns home with this very large bag of food to which Naomi is understandably curious where it all came from. And it's here for the first time in this story that Naomi gets a glimpse beyond her own hurt and her own pain. She celebrates these circumstances and says, Blessed be Boaz by the Lord whose kindness has not forsaken the living or the dead. For the first time in years, Naomi finds just a glimpse of joy, perhaps even a glimpse of God, through the loving kindness of Ruth and Boaz. I find Ruth's love towards Naomi fascinating. Ruth embraces Naomi right where she is, expresses dedication to her, and goes above and beyond the duties of a daughter-in-law. Ruth never asks Naomi to change. Ruth never tells Naomi to just buck up. Ruth never demands that Naomi do this or that. Ruth simply moves and loves and cares for her mother-in-law right where she's at. Ruth finds a way to care for Naomi by finding work and security through the people of their community. In those times of pain and struggle, Perhaps today or even in the past, in those times with the twists and turns and loop in this journey we call life, have you ever noticed a Ruth in your life? Perhaps it was a, a relative or a friend or a coworker or even a fellow churchgoer here. Has there ever been a person who walked with you just because they loved you? Or have you ever been a Ruth to somebody else in their life? It is those folks who, when we want to blame God for tragedy, that show us that God is a loving and caring and giving God. When our minds are blocked to the divine presence, God shows, us, shows up in the people in our lives when they desire to walk with us simply because they love us just as God loves us. Ruth's love reminds Naomi that God's kindness does not forsake the living or the dead. Now, because Ruth has loved beyond measure by providing for Naomi, Naomi's slight glimpse of life beyond her own pain and hurt allows her to see beyond herself. Naomi knows Boaz. Boaz is actually related to Naomi. And so in this unfairly male-dominated world, Naomi knew marriage was needed for Ruth to continue. She couldn't survive on charity alone. And so as we read in our scripture today, Naomi begins to plot. She finds a way for Ruth to find love once again as well. 
Now let's not forget that Ruth too has had loss in her life. She lost her husband and though willingly, she lost her community. She decides to leave her own family and her own people. Ruth, as a foreign widow, needed security too. And so Naomi begins to plot. After the harvest is over, Naomi tells Ruth to go to the place where Boaz would be working and apparently sleeping. And when he falls asleep, Naomi tells Ruth to lay at Boaz's feet. Now, Ruth does just this, and I think we can all understand why Boaz is a little startled by this. And he asks Ruth, what are you doing here? She essentially is proposing to Boaz. And Boaz, moved by Ruth's ambition and love for Naomi and devotion to family, agrees to marry. Now, however, because of some very complex social customs of the day, Boaz has to go and talk to the town's elders and and tells him what's going on. Eventually, though, Ruth and Boaz marry, they have a kid, and Naomi finds great peace in her life as she cared for their child. The child, Obed, brings life back into Naomi's life. Naomi cares for him and treats him as if he were her own. Through the mouths of the townspeople, perhaps those same townspeople that Naomi redefined herself as bitter to, we hear these words, Obed shall be to you a restorer of life and a nourisher of your own age. It seems quite fitting to me that redemption comes in the form of a sweet and precious child not yet given to the ways of the world. The child is precious. The child represents the great love of God, sweet and precious and always renewing. Naomi, through this expression of God's love, finds new faith centered in the newness of life. The child breathes life into Naomi's soul. Isn't this what God does for us too? God worked in and through the people of the story to make the divine presence known. God was in Ruth's love poured out on Naomi, even when Naomi could only see her own pain. God was in Naomi's revitalized spirit when she sought to care for Ruth, even when Ruth may have simply just been listening to the advice that Naomi was giving. God was in Boaz's blessings as he cared for Ruth and Naomi to give them food and security, even if they simply saw Boaz as being kind. God was in the newfound love between Ruth and Boaz, even if they were simply following the social customs of the day. God was in the breath of new life as Naomi's heart was relieved and uplifted at the birth of a grandson, even if she was just responding to the love of a newborn. Perhaps you too have seen God at work through the lives of other people around you. Perhaps you too have had found divine blessing, healing in those through you, or through others, I mean. In fact, I know you have because Pastor Michelle was all too excited to share with me some of those times that you all have shown the divine love to others. <laughs> like, this one's my favorite lending toilet paper at the beginning days of the COVID pandemic or caring for a, child, a friend's child during an unexpected emergency or providing meals during those tender days returning from the hospital or singing hymns 
at the bedside of a dying friend. Like Naomi and Ruth looking out for each other, you have provided divine love through the beauty of ordinary friendships. Ruth's story is about life. And of course, it's about a very specific people here, but it's also a story that accurately describes life in general. Life is a journey. It's a terribly worn out cliche. But I still think there's some truth to it. And on this journey, we don't know where we'll end up or what will happen. On this journey, there can be tragedy and pain and hurt. But on this journey, there can also be laughter and joy and love. This journey of life is full of ups and downs and lefts and rights. And what I think the book of Ruth exhibits the most is that God walks with us in this journey through the loving kindness of others. What I hear from this story of Ruth and Naomi and in the life of this congregation is that God more often than not is in the ordinary circumstances of life, even when we aren't aware that God is at work. Life is indeed a journey full of twists and turns and loops, but God is always walking with us along the way. God walks with us, guiding us and pouring out love even when we don't recognize it. God walks with us in our personal pain and hurt, including those devastating losses in your lives. Even when we feel abandoned, God is there. Even when we feel bitter, God is there. Even when we want to blame God for our misfortunes, God doesn't take offense. Instead, God walks with us through the ordinary. With, those, with all the twists and turns and loops of the journey, with God's love revealed through the gift of friendship, Ruth and Naomi, they made it out. Perhaps it was where they least expected, but they make it out. Just when the journey of life seems unbearable for these two women, the twists begin to straighten themselves out. The turns become less numerous and the loops become smaller. They find their way out, perhaps where they least expected, but they make it out. God wasn't absent from them, but instead present through each other. God was with them in the ordinary and God is with us in the ordinary too. God walks with us even when life is hard. God walks with us in the good and in the bad. Life is a journey and it's full of twists and turns and loops. And God is always with us through the blessed gift friendships. Amen. Would you all pray with me? Oh, gracious God. We thank you that you show up in our lives even when we don't realize it. We thank you that on this day that we are celebrating our friends, we can be reminded that you show up through our friends. Gracious God, we thank you for your presence even when we are unaware of it. Lord, your people have come to you today after a week 
full of ups and downs and lefts and rights and twists and turns and loops. Here in this place, God, for all that we have seen this week, would you remind us where you were? Would you show us how you have cared? And as we look to the future, may we be reminded that you will always walk with us. That you will always love us. Whatever we are going through this week, God, as we prepare for holidays, perhaps even travels, as we prepare great and wonderful food, just like we will share here today, may we be thankful for our friends, for our family, May we lean in on you if this is a particularly hard time of year. Gracious God, these are your people lifting up their concerns to you. And we pray all of this as you have taught us to pray, saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us of our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever.